Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we're going all the way to Calgary for a uh, Sue Crawford who's involved with an organization called Enable. And the organization was very successful a few years ago in one of our social innovation challenges. So welcome, Sue. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay. So let's start with your education first. Where did you go to school? So I am a three-time graduate from the University of Calgary. So I did a Bachelor of Science first, and then a Bachelor of Nursing, and then just finished my Master's of Nursing September 2020. So. <laughs> Are you going to become an educator? I am an educator right now, actually. I am an instructor with Bow Valley College with the Practical Nursing Program. Excellent. So I teach in a clinical setting as well as uh, theory as well. Well, my first wife taught nursing in Toronto. And then she taught uh, paramedics okay. as part of the program, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So when you get back after maternity leave, are you going to teach at the university? <laughs> I think I'll stick with, so I'm teaching at Bow Valley College, and I'm hoping to stay there. I'm taking my maternity leave from there as my primary employment. Um, there's options definitely to move into the University of Calgary campus for sure. Um, my position with Bow Valley has been really valuable, so I'll probably stick it out there for a little bit until maybe I move into a PhD role, and then I'll probably transition to University of Calgary. Ah, so you, you want to keep going to school. You don't want to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been going to school full-time and then working full-time at the same time, so it's been successful for my master's program. It was a big challenge, but that's what I was looking for, so I was happy to pursue it. Okay. So let's move into your work career, and let's start after high school. What did you do in terms of work? Okay, so most of the time, so post, so even during high school, I was working as a busser, and so working in the restaurant industry, I continued that till I was around, I'd say around 25, so on the duration of both of my undergraduate degrees, I worked as a waitress and so worked in pubs and worked at the keg for a while. And so it's pretty decent money, uh, evenings, weekends. So it worked really well with my schedule and just worked really hard with that. And then alongside that, I also worked as a support worker, um, working one-to-one -one with a, a young, well, now young adult, but a girl with autism. And now she's 24, so she's all grown up now, but worked with her twice a week as well. Well, you're going to have to check out one of our podcasts. It was done with a gentleman from the Netherlands who runs an autism operation in the Netherlands, which is kind of interesting. Yes. So while you're at home, are you still working on your organization? I am. There's no there's no off time for an entrepreneur. So still working on it on the side. Obviously, my hours are a little bit um, mixed just because I have to either get up early or try to do it during nap time when my three month old is down. Um, but he doesn't like to nap very much. So um, usually my the my brain's going and I'm thinking about <laughs> what I can work on as soon as I have the chance to have two hands free. So you could work during the night. 
I could, yeah. So usually I'd try to get up early, um, get him up, give him a um, feed him, and then uh, be able to jump back in and maybe get a few emails going. Okay, so let's talk about Enable. Where did the name come from? So the name Enable, <laughs> me and my then co-founder, uh, him and I, we went out for uh, beers the one day, and I just said we <laughs> we should sit here and we should eat and drink until we come up with a name. Um, and unfortunately, it only we only got two beers in before I had come up with the name, <laughs> so we didn't really have that long of a night. But I thought it was a really great um, kind of play on the word. I thought it was catchy so people could see it and maybe kind of take a second look to figure out what what does that mean because I think it usually has a, a negative connotation but I really wanted to kind of spin that and say there's a way to enable your community enable your life enable somebody else's life okay so what is the purpose of enable what we do is we match people with disabilities to support workers and we try to do it in a little bit of a different way than other um other organizations would do, which is that we're trying to match people based on shared interests. So we're really concentrating on creating a really as true as possible friendship. Obviously, the support workers being paid, so it can't be really, really genuine because they are being paid to be there. But we want it to be as genuine as possible. So if you really like bike riding, then we find somebody else that wants to go bike riding. If you really like playing basketball, then I'll find a worker that really likes playing basketball. So then it's kind of as close as you can come to a friendship. And it really then that relationship grows over time. It's a little more organic um, and really more true to um, what we all deserve is that relationship. Have you heard of an organization called Ability Online? No, I have not. Okay. You may want to look that one up. Okay. So they, they do some pretty cool stuff as well. Okay. So in order to get this organization going, where did you find the initial funding? So I found the initial funding through pitching. So I did any pitch I could do, any... Um, grant I could apply for. And because I was a master's student when I started it, I could also go after scholarships as well. So I put together all my scholarship money, all my pitch money, and I used that to start the business. So is there a team behind it or do you run it all by yourself? So I guess a little bit of both. So I have a, a couple team members, but uh, they are more when we were doing things in the community uh, before COVID. So I'd have somebody helping me with events, say, and we would get a bunch of matches together in the community. So I have those people, but obviously they're not at the moment out in the community. So it's just me. Um, and then all the operations, um, so all the financials, all the operations of the business is all me. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. So during this time, you're still trying to match people? So uh, with COVID, we've had to pare back significantly, uh, mostly just around safety concerns. A lot of our workers, um, our workers also, um, we do hire people with disabilities as support workers as well. So a lot, there's either the client or the worker have are immunocompromised for some reason or a higher risk. And so a lot of the matches have not been going out over COVID, but hope like once they get their immunizations, they're able to go back out. And so we've pared down significantly on how many matches we're doing. So right now I'm just rematching and reorganizing a few things and a couple matches here and there, but trying not to do too many just for safety concerns. So do you get anybody from the college involved to help you? 
so there are a few people interested definitely from the college and I had a good um, connection with the college through their Career Connect program. And so um, whoever's interested, usually healthcare aides, it's a really good opportunity for healthcare aides to get involved. And especially once they graduate, they're still really interested in working as a support worker because um, it pays pretty decent. It's uh, definitely above minimum wage, so it's pretty competitive wages for people. So a lot of the healthcare aid um, students are definitely interested in getting involved. Yes, as a, a former college professor, I think you should have no problem going to some of the professors and saying, would you like to have your students do a project or help on the social media or the administration, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's lots of students that are eager to learn and are really excited about our mission and want to get involved. Well, there are so many advantages for a student. First of all, they're networking. They're giving back to the community. They're putting it on their resume, on their portfolio. And uh, it can really help them in terms of going forward, in terms of a job. So you should build your team. You should have 20 students on your team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have a few students for sure, but um, there's definitely room for more if anyone's interested. Um, How many professors do you have on your team? I have one professor, well, actually two, because both of my events people are both PhD students that teach. So (laughs) I do have two. (laughs) Okay. So who is your target market then? Who are are you going after? Okay, so since we're a two-sided market, on the one side, our clients, um, we say age 40 and under. So we're looking at children, youth, and young adult population. Uh, The reason for that is because once we go into more of a senior population, which by no means is (laughs) above 40, but once we move into a a senior population, their needs are much different. And what they're looking for is absolutely companionship, but also maybe more medical needs. When we look at kind of more the teenager, young adult age group, they're looking for that peer mentorship. And because we're hiring a lot of post-secondary students to be support workers, it really acts in a really nice kind of peer mentorship type role. And that's really what we're going after is this kind of lighthearted, leisure, recreational focus. And how do you reach out to recruit them? For my, so for our clients, uh, the f- like, so the clients kind of within that larger family unit. So for recruiting families, we actually really don't do much for recruiting them. They come to me, uh, usually by word of mouth. Uh, So different families will chat with each other and they'll come my way that way. We also have partnerships with a couple different organizations in Calgary. And so obviously with that, they're already connected to that organization. And then if they need a worker, the organization will redirect them back to us. So we don't really do a ton of marketing, like formal marketing that way, but we have the partnerships. So talk about partnerships, the importance of them. Yeah, so for us, it's really important to have those that connection to the community. What's really nice about the partnerships that we have is that those organizations really understand the clients that we're trying to support. So they don't send us people with, um, say, really, really high needs or in, um, in crisis because we really can't help those families, but we can help for long-term support and around life um, and social skills development. So they can kind of just um, pick kind of those perfect clients for us and be able to send them to us. We get to help the clients and then obviously that helps the organization as well. So kind of scratch my back, (laughs) we scratch theirs, so. Okay, so I want you to visioning 
where will Enable be in three years? Will you still be involved, or will you be ready to hand it off to somebody else? Yeah, so I am looking to obviously pare back the amount of time that I'm spending with Enable. Right now, um, it would take more time just for me, just because I'm the one doing most operations. So what I would like to do is be able to step back from that and have uh, some other people stepping in. My hope is to have some community managers, say um, one in Calgary, one in like Red Deer, one in Edmonton, and be able to start expanding outside of Calgary and area to be able to help more people kind of in the larger Alberta province. So my, my dream would be that we can get there in the next few years to be able to expand to at least one or two more cities and have those community managers that are taking the bulk of the matching um, load. So do you have a board of directors or a board of advisors? I have, so I do not have a board of directors, but I do have not a board of advisors, but I do have people that I can call on if needed. I do have a couple kind of, I guess, mentors that I've been working with that are able to help me with some of the decision-making and kind of governance of the organization itself. I'd love to move again, move into that sort of realm to be able to have a little bit more expertise aside from myself uh, to be able to decide on the next steps for the business. So what about your husband? Does he play a role in the organization? He, not in the operations, no. He actually, when I met him, he was not involved in the disability community at all. And now he's very involved. So he actually has two different clients that he works with. And him and I, um, previous to COVID, we've been supportive roommates. So we've had a, a young adult client living with us full time. And we've been doing that for the last three years and so he's he's now very involved but not necessarily in the business just in the community itself so the community is all of calgary or just part of calgary so we work with all of calgary and area so with calgary since the metropolitan areas like also would include like airdrie okotoks um, cochrane and so we do have matches just outside of the city as well so is it black white, indigenous, what's the makeup of your clients? That's a good question. So some of it would be unknown. We do have a lot of families that are East Indian. I would say that we we do have, a, um, I would say maybe 20 to 30% are East Indian. And then I would say probably most of the rest of them would be white. Okay. So reaching out into the community, have you thought of working through communities of faith at all? I haven't, I guess not considered that directly. No, I do have, I did have a match previously that uh, the client needed support while parents were at church. So they would attend the church uh, service with them. And if they needed to leave with the client, they could leave. So we've had, I guess that, that match in the past, but there's definitely opportunity there for sure. Yeah, because they have, they could provide a lot of referrals, I think, to you that would, would certainly make a difference. Yeah. So what about the university? Have they been able to refer anybody to you? So the University of Calgary, we've worked pretty closely with them. So the university helps us a lot with um, redirecting students to us in a few different ways. So we're part of orientation week. So all the new students that are coming on campus, there's thousands of them coming through and orienting to the to their new school. And so usually we recruit around 100 to 150 support workers then. 
there are some clients who have a disability on campus who are looking for, say, like a tutor or somebody to help them, say, like with organizing their schedule, um, kind of getting familiar with campus, maybe somebody to eat lunch with. And so we do have a few clients that we have a support worker who's a University of Calgary student and a client who's a University of Calgary student. And so they meet up on campus. So I think that's really great. So how many clients do you have right now? So previous to COVID, we had around 40 families that we were working with. Um, and now after COVID, we're, we're down to about 10 right now. So much lower, but we're hoping after COVID's done and it's safe for people to be out that we can go back up to that 40. A lot of them are really still interested in meeting up. They just stopped because of the risk. So have you taken any of your activities online or just by phone or... Yeah, so there's been a lot of recommendations, like a lot of people have kind of encouraged us to be able to move our activities online. In some cases, that's very possible, uh, like that tutoring role, um, helping support with like creating a schedule and the socialization piece with texting back and forth, things like that. But when it comes to actually doing like say a Zoom call, it can be quite difficult for a lot of people. Um, our population is around 80% of our, um, our clients have autism. And so some of them can really engage quite well online, but some of them it's quite difficult. And our goal is to increase that social and life skill development, but it's also to give the families respite. And if we're, if the family has to encourage that young person and sit with them on online while they engage for say five or 10 minutes, it really doesn't have the same effect. So we've decided that if, if we've encouraged it and we've offered it, um, but a lot of families felt like it, it didn't quite fit what they were looking for right now. Uh, so they'll wait and come back out when it's safe. So families might uh, be receptive to online sessions. Like how do I deal with my child? How do, how do, if I have two children and one has autism and one doesn't, how does the one that doesn't interact with the one who does have autism and how do the family deal with the child that does have and the child that doesn't have? Yeah. So there's lots of complexities for those families for sure. The, so in regards to sibling relationships, sometimes they can be very, very strained uh, where there's like kind of some jealousy that maybe the child with a disability gets more one-to-one -one time with the parents. So that can get the other child maybe acts out or kind of shuts down a little bit. But a lot of families are really aware of that. And there are like sibling workshops and things like that to try to make it so that each child feels really valued by the parent. So that's a really important aspect. But I think as they start getting a little bit older, um, moving into those teenage years, then that sibling without the disability is often what I've seen at least is very, very empathetic and compassionate. And they're very, they tend very well to their, their sibling and make sure that their best interests are put forward. And so what I see is these young adults coming through, like a lot of my workers have a sibling or a close family member who has a disability. And so now they're, they're really aware of the challenges that families experience. And now they want to get more involved in the community to help overcome those barriers. So I find it, it, it kind of starts with that tension, but it, it really can come full circle where they uh, can come and then give back to the community that they um, came from and, and had challenges with. So. So besides autism, what other areas of medical ability to deal with? I don't like the word disability. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we are okay with the, the word disability, but I can understand if you're not comfortable with it. Um, so with, 
so I say autism is probably the most common. Uh, we do have a few clients who have Down syndrome. And then aside from that, there's lots of learning disabilities, ADHD, um, and those kind of can sometimes be like wound into one, and then some global developmental delay. So some of them are kind of not necessarily have like a, um, a label like autism, but um, they definitely need the support or the redirection. Sometimes our clients, all they, one family had said to me, we just need somebody that's going to keep his body with the group. So we know he's going to, he has ADHD. So he's going to be very, very busy young guy. He's going to be running around. And so we want to make sure that he stays with the group and that he's safe, that he's not going to get into trouble um, and can have that peer social relationship as much as possible. So it's quite a variety of different, um, different disabilities that our clients come with um, and each have their own challenges and um, the, their own kind of joys uh, to connect with. So, Sue, does that include physical, not just emotional disabilities? Yeah. So, um, obviously, we have, there's um, more of like a cognitive disability and then a physical disability. I would say most of our clients are more, um, have a cognitive disability. So, there's a developmental delay of some sort. There are some of our clients that have a physical disability, but I don't think think in the clients that we're working with right now, I believe all of our clients who have a physical disability also have a cognitive disability as well. So what kind of physical? So I have a few different clients who are quadriplegic. So um, so yeah, it would be kind of a mix of, it would be like a, um, a congenital disability. So something that they were born with. And so they're very used to having that disability. They're somebody that thrives really well within their environment, given the proper supports. Now, if we move, or sorry, when we move beyond the pandemic, could you visualize having a camp or some kind of event or activity for this group? Yes, what I'd love to see in the future is for our young adult population is doing a sort of day programming for them. So our young adults, often they're going to be volunteering part-time, working part-time or full-time but really, really lacking that social connection in some cases. And so for those people that are lacking that connection, I'd love to be able to get them connected, create those friendships and those relationships so that they can really, really thrive. So I'd hope to maybe do a day program in the future where there's, um, say, five or six young adults that are getting together, maybe one or two or more times a week. And then they're able to have that outlet and to be able to have somebody to text when they're feeling down, say, um, or someone to connect with if they want to go out and about in the community. So wouldn't it be cool to take some of them to the stampede? <laughs> if it's safe to go to the stampede, absolutely. I know the stampede is a big, uh, definitely has a big draw for a lot of clients and anybody really. So if people wanted to volunteer in Calgary or Edmonton or Medicine Hat, how would they go about doing that? So if people wanted to volunteer, so I guess generally, so there's a number of different programs throughout the city for sure so one big one would be special olympics for example there's so many different areas in the disability community to get involved and they're always always looking for volunteers and so it would be a great opportunity if you're even just have a glimmer of interest in it that definitely there's a place for you somewhere whether it's helping out with uh, enable or just helping out with our mission so our mission to get more people out in the community uh, connected and so that's also Special Olympics. Um, there's Autism Calgary, things like that, that um, people can get connected with and really start to thrive. What kind of jobs could people do at an Enable? 
So our, I would say the large one would be obviously as a support worker. So one-to-one with a client in the community. So that would be, you're kind of a, a jack of all trades in that case. So you're providing that mentorship, the friendship, uh, companionship, all of those things, but also supporting somebody in learning uh, different life skills. So like paying for their own movie ticket, for example, deciding what to order on the menu and, and gaining the confidence to tell the server what you want, things like that, or budgeting, uh, maybe cooking. So you need to we need to make a list of ingredients, find a recipe, go grocery shopping, and then go and make the like make that meal all together. So there's lots of really cool things that a lot of us just kind of maybe automatically do or didn't think about all the different steps. So it really breaks things down and allows you to kind of take it minute by minute, day by day, and it can really change your perspective a lot. So it's a really great job if you really want to try something new, have a challenge, and have a lot of fun. What about building your own team to take some of the work off you? What kind of people are you looking for? So for me right now, my biggest gap is around technology. So my background is that I'm a registered nurse. So I have kind of the people focus aspect. So I can I can do the matching. I love connecting with families and connecting with support workers. But when it comes to actually automating part of that process, which I have to do, there's I'm already hitting kind of a bit of a ceiling with how much time I have, obviously, even with a with my three month old. So there's only so much time that I have to actually do those matches and there's a lot of opportunity for automation. So really think in the technology, like software development side, I would absolutely love any like mentorship, any suggestions or anybody that would love to jump in and um, take a look at what I have so far and how I can optimize it. And maybe some communication and marketing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really whoever is interested and wants to get involved, I will absolutely take their skills um, and apply them as best as I can. Okay. So now that we've covered a fair bit of what you do, how do people reach your organization? What's your website? Our website is enablecommunity.ca. And if people want to connect with me directly, it's sue, S-U-E, at enablecommunity.ca. That's my email. Okay. So... Great organization, and you're going to grow and hopefully stay with the organization with some ability to delegate to others so you could grow not only the organization, but maybe even grow your family. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And uh, work on your PhD and teach at uh, colleges and universities whether it's online or in person. So thank you for joining us today. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you very much, Sue.